GameZillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Dino 9, GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, my co-host and audio producer, The Butter Boy. I picked a bad day to start huffing. <laughs> Let's not forget my video producer and the man you will all love that he's on the mic a little bit more, Player One Miggy. What's up, people? Welcome to episode 298. We're here. 298. We're almost there. We're on the cusp <laughs> of our tricentennial. It's, yeah, it's getting real shaky, and I don't know if we're going to make it, but we're going to try. Episode 298 of the Games Little Podcast is We're not going to make it if I have anything to say about <laughs> right, it. That's exactly it. It's brought to you by... Our supporters at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Go there today, start your patronage, and contribute to the life of GameZilla Media with five amazing podcasts that we offer you every single week for free. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, Spotify. We are everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, go ahead, give back, and for doing so, you will get access to exclusive sweet perks that you cannot get anywhere else. At the $5 exclusive content level, each show on the GameZilla Media Network will offer you at least one bonus show per month that's only available on Patreon. And usually it's a, it's a little uh, off speed from what you normally get on the regular uh, podcast, like uh, the Game Shark specials uh, for the Legend of Retro. They pick uh, some different topics that they wouldn't cover in a regular episode. So it's great. Each one of our shows uh, has a nice special and Dropping tomorrow on Patreon, if you're watching us live at Mixer.com uh, slash GameZilla Media, is the February Must or Bust, where Grim, Miggy, and I talk about games you should or shouldn't buy in the month of February. That's available for you Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Go start your patronage today. Also, if you've listened to the January or February, understand that they're really bad, not because our show sucks, but because... There are no games coming out these two months. Oh, man, there's nothing going on. But uh, if you want to hear about some things to avoid, then you should definitely check it out. And now available at the $1 uh, level. Can you get it? State of the Zilla? Oh, State of the Zilla. It. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the the in the middle that, that always threw, threw me for a loop. It's like Cr State of the Union. Yeah, the di different groups of... Uh, Except better. Different members of the GameZilla Media team get together to cover uh, various different topics that aren't covered uh, through... Any of the podcasts here on GameZilla Media. So make sure you get yourself some State of the Zilla, just $1 per month, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. All right, another big announcement before we roll into the news is we have one more way that you can support GameZilla Media and the podcast, and that is right here live on Mixer.com slash GameZilla Media, because that's right, our embers are live. That's right. You can now donate embers live on Mixer. So if uh, if that's a way that you choose to support the podcast network, we appreciate it. It'll be there. It's a lot of fun, similar to how you would spend Sparks, but we actually get something back from it. So there you go. All right. 
with that being said, I think it's time for the news. I agree. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching MotorCityGaming.com. Downloading headlines. Now let's have it. What about this monster story of yours? Download complete. Topic number one. Uh-oh. You're already laughing. I have no idea where that audio came from. That is not the right audio. It mentioned our old website in there. <laughs> Did it really? <laughs> that, have we been doing that for weeks now? I don't know. Have we? Have you had that loaded in there for weeks? What? I didn't think so. I didn't even catch it. What's the pot? What was it the website? MotorCityGaming.com, which we still own, right? <laughs> yeah. I think technically, if you go there, it'll actually redirect you to. Oh Game my Zone, god! I think. I'll, I'll look into that after the show. Dear God, can we get this? We got to get this cleaned up before episode three hundred. Oh. We got a new board and we're a mess. I mean, we sound better, but everything else is a mess. I don't. I swear it wasn't like that last week, but I bet it was. Anyways, topic number one: Nintendo says it has no plans for a new Switch this year. Oh, yep. Because you don't have that sound effect. Yeah, I'm limited on my butt. Give me a fart sound. That's what I think of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good juicy one. <laughs> um, yeah, but Switch Pro, which is something that we had been talking about in January, rumors about it um, being uh, early, or mid, early to mid this year, power holiday, like they were talking about when it would fall, but that they were pr- working on it. It was in production, blah, blah, blah. And now Nintendo's coming out. And Nintendo's CEO and president, uh, Furukawa, Furukawa told investors today that the company has no plans to launch a new model of the Nintendo Switch in 2020. Uh, this was speaking as part of a corporate management policy briefing, um, but the quote goes on to say, according to the conventional wisdom for dedicated video game platforms, Nintendo Switch should be entering the midway phase of the hardware life cycle. But we believe we have built a foundation on which we can pursue further growth opportunities for Nintendo Switch. But uh, the article goes on to say it wouldn't really be surprising if there were not there were new no new Switch hardware this year. The original system came out in early 2017, received its first significant update last year with the Switch Lite and a refreshed model with better battery life, both of which made possible by a more power-efficient version of the NVIDIA chip inside. Anything more substantial would likely require new custom silicon from NVIDIA, which no longer designs general-purpose chips aimed at tablets or other mobile devices. That seems like a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) That seems not great for Nintendo. But um, I think this this is super... We were just talking about like Nintendo. We were talking about the the success they've been having and the Switch's momentum and how you know how they've done a good job. But we were right now is that concerning time right now where we have these next gen consoles that are going to be coming out this year. And how does Nintendo react to it? How does Nintendo make sure that they stay relevant? They stay interesting. And so part of it was the Pro. Part of it was trying to you know beef up their system a little bit. And still make it an elite handheld device that you know that was even better than before. But now we're not getting it. So yeah. I don't know. This is uh this is a pretty big disappointment for me. Well, I I think this comes to bite Nintendo in the ass. I never believed we were getting one in 2020. Well, that's because you're an idiot. No. That's not why. 
Because I think it's coming February of 2021. Why? I think that's when the new 3DS XL came out was like a February of its life cycle release. So I think they'll wait, let people spend their money on their PlayStation 5s and their Xbox Series Xs and give it a little bit of a lull and then bam, new Switch, February 2021. Maybe March to celebrate the four-year anniversary of the Switch. I don't know. I do. I do know. I'm telling you. Things could change, of course, but Nintendo seems happy with its current product mix. Uh, noted how they the they went on to note how the sales of the original Switch were almost flat year on year between April and December, with the Switch Lite helping push Nintendo to its improved numbers overall. The Switch now sits at fifty two point four eight million units shipped uh, overall as the end of twenty nineteen, and and uh, the CEO believing that they will sell through numbers to be more than forty eight million. Wait, believing the sell through numbers to be more than forty eight million. The quote goes on, he, he, he continues to say, however, we feel that we have not yet fully communicated the special features and appeal of Nintendo Switch Lite, so we will continue to address this going forward. Regarding Nintendo Switch, we believe that it is important to continue to communicate the appeal of both Nintendo Switch systems and expand the install base. What haven't you explained about the Switch Lite? <laughs> 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 That's a really good question. That's, yeah. Um, on, on, a, on a side note, the 52.48 million, million, yeah, million unit shipped now pa- surpasses the Super Nintendo on the all-time sales chart. So, Nintendo, congratulations on that. Obviously, yes, the Switch Lite helped. But my whole thing here is if you... I hope you're right and that February 2021 is when they drop it because if they don't drop it, until 2021 mid-year or holiday, they will have lost so much momentum based off of PS4 and Xbox One. Because, sorry, PS5 and Xbox Series X. Those two those two systems are going to hit. They're going to sell like hotcakes during the holiday. They're going to go into the, into the new year with some big games that are, even if they're not like a Xbox Series X game or a PS5 game, because of the backwards compatibility that's rumored, you're looking at, you know, all these games that aren't even coming out on the Switch. Cyberpunk, Last of Us Part Two, like those types of games that are that are on their way that like you're not gonna see on the Switch anyways. I just to me, this is a big mistake with the whole concept we just talked about. You have to have big announcements of software this year to stay relevant, and it wouldn't hurt to have some hardware buff. We, I just read an article today, Breath of Wild 2, not coming out in 2020. Where the rumors were possibly they were going to come out in 2020, which would have helped, which would have been a huge thing to help them, you know, weather the storm of a new PlayStation and Xbox. Instead, we're, you know, there's rumors now floating around about Mario Kart 9. Considering the Mario, the new Mario Kart that we have right now is still technically a, just a, a port from the Wii U that, that we are could see a new Mario Kart uh, that ex- and, and some of the rumors are that they could expand it more into like what Smash Brothers does with bringing the characters from even outside of the Mario world. Which, I mean, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still like insanely high when it comes to an install base. If yeah. you own a Switch, the percentage of you owning Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is super high. So if you think about it from Nintendo standpoint, bringing out Mario Kart 9 or 
Mario Kart Ultimate, whatever whatever it's going to be. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's basically a license to print money. It's going to sell. Yeah, exactly. It it, it will be interesting because one person makes comment that the Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is actually still selling really well. Yeah. So like, do you need Mario Kart Nine right now? You know, type deal. Uh, but at the same time, a new Mario Kart would be almost, I think, not almost, it'd probably be do, it's going to do better than Zelda. Yeah, I We've mean. We've talked the, about Zelda being kind of. There was, what was it, within the first, like, three months of the Switch launch, because there weren't other games, there was more copies of Zelda sold for the Switch than there were Switches out there. Yeah. Uh, so Zelda has done really well, but it's it's not holding the way everyone who owns a switch owns mario kart it's right. it's super high yeah yeah exactly so i think um th- that would be a good move for them as far as trying to get something out around the time of the new systems coming out for for sony and microsoft but uh is it is it going to be enough there's some rumors about a new paper mario things like that's all that also are floating around we don't know anything about, you know, Metroid potentially, something like that. So Nintendo still has plenty of cards up their sleeve as far as IPs and games that should be in production, but we, you know, it's Nintendo. We don't necessarily get the leaks that we are used to getting everywhere else. So we'll see what happens. I think E3 is going to be interesting for how Nintendo addresses it with their Nintendo Direct, but I don't know. I feel like coming out and just saying that there's not going to be a pro this year and you're speaking to your investors, which to tell you, like to me, it's like, okay, so you are working on a pro though. Like that's kind of like, it tells me that you are working on hardware. It's just not coming out this year. Yeah. They just said there won't be any new hardware released this year. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it's like there's rumors right now uh, that Sony's in talks with Nintendo to bring PlayStation now to the switch. So that was another thing that popped up over the weekend. That'd be wild. So that'd be a wild change in pace. But can PlayStation now? But can the the current Switch support PlayStation now? And I know theoretically a lot of the work should be done on the server side. You know, it's like X Cloud when we talk about with Xbox. But um, is the Switch? Is it going to work with the Switch currently, or does the Switch need a little bit more um, ability? So that that's that's what it comes down to. But. I don't know. Things like that could come into play, and then if, if Sony locks that down, then that's such a weird switch from where X, where Microsoft has been so friendly with Nintendo. Does X Cloud not come to the Switch, but PlayStation now does, and and now we're all of a sudden in this whole new, like, switched roles here, where where Microsoft's on the outside looking in. Where yeah, I can play Xbox on my phone, and we talked about all that type of stuff. But if I could play X Cloud on my Switch, I probably would. You know, thinking about it. The Nintendo-Sony partnership that began in the early 90s coming full circle and reuniting in 2020-2021 would be very interesting because if you're Nintendo, you probably want to do business with another Japanese company, another company that has an actual footprint in Japan. There has to be that, that area of looking out at Microsoft because Microsoft is very much a North American platform. It doesn't do well in Japan. I think Xbox does all right in Europe. I don't know how they do in South America, but I guess there's a certain sense where if you were Nintendo and you had to pick one of the two companies to do business with, despite the fact that there has been a nice relationship between Nintendo and Xbox, 
maybe a uh, Japanese businessman, a Japanese businessman, it makes sense to keep things homegrown and uh, go back to the Sony-Nintendo partnership of, of old. And hopefully Nintendo won't stab Sony in the back like they did last time. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. But either either way, this is very interesting because, uh, I mean, just a few weeks ago, we were talking, the rumors were floating around about uh, patents and, and, and production being in, in place and people talking about how the new Switch was was ready. I mean, it really seemed like we were just on the the verge of hearing about this new device, and now we're being told no hardware this year. It just it 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 is kind of odd that all. And I mean, rumors are rumors sometimes, but it kind of these rumors felt like there was some solid, you know, some solid research done as to why we heard about this stuff. And I mean, I guess maybe there is some hardware. Maybe people did see it, but I guess Nintendo's just holding off. My concern is if you're manufacturing it right now, but you're not going to release it for a year, let's say, that scares me too because then the technology and it's going to be a year old. I'm, I'm just telling you, they're just waiting to get through the holidays. It's gonna, if it's gonna be like February or March of 2021. And Nintendo has proven before in the past that they don't have. Like, I'm not saying they're the the Switch has to be able to play the same level of 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 visual games as the PS5 or the Xbox Series X. But, and they've proven it before with the DS always underperforming as far as the visuals go compared to even like a Vita or any of the home console. So, I mean, that's not necessarily a problem, right? It's not, it's not something that would kill them as long as the software is there. And that's why I keep saying like they have to have the games and in, in the past we've had a little bit better of a, release like slate yeah we had a better idea and right now we don't so i think e3 direct might be crazy i think i think nintendo could come out at e3 direct and just just dump it all on us and and we walk away and say okay you know what i'm not like nintendo's got nintendo will be great the holidays nintendo's gonna clean up everybody else is going to as well but i'm not worried about nintendo anymore yeah i think it could be a big holiday for gaming in general you know again we see the life of some new new consoles nintendo i i don't think they're going to slow down i think they're going to keep flexing their nintendo might but something that we discussed uh, with uh, with our man spuds uh, on a lunch break last week as we started talking about how this room this came out that hey looks like maybe no pro this year when it comes to nintendo switch and we talked about part of the success that Nintendo Switches had is it it gave you console uh, quality games on the go and and with good software it was you know everything the Vita failed to be uh, the Nintendo Switch very much is the difference is the Switch turns three years old in a month right like a month from today or whatever it turns three three years ago the concept of cloud gaming xCloud, Stadia, those sort of services were very much just a theoretical idea. But now Microsoft has proven that streaming your home console games on the go is a very realistic possibility that does exist. So where Nintendo did a great job coming out with an, uh, a unique idea to give you quality games on the go They've now they're now being surpassed by the new technology, more so in a lot of ways than just the the graphical jumps that are coming with the next generation and ray tracing and loading speeds. 
more so than that is the fact that you will be able to stream and cast any game that you have on your Xbox at home to your phone, to your computer, like wherever you want to play it and sync up your controller, you have the means to do it. Where that availability didn't exist three years ago, it exists now, and that makes the moving into the next two years a challenge for Nintendo. And we thought that them releasing uh, stronger hardware was at least going to be a stopgap. That was at least going to allow Nintendo to port and have uh, games that, you know, again, may not we never expected games that were optimized and designed to be for this next generation for PlayStation 5 and Series X. But we at least were kind of hoping like, OK, a new switch. Could that cat like really run ports? of games that are late this generation releases. Like, yeah, we're going to see Doom. We know there's going to be some quality loss, but what if a Switch Pro didn't have quality loss for the new Doom? What if what if the Switch Pro was going to be able to run um, a, a slightly watered-down version of Cyberpunk? You right. know, like some of those more ambitious titles. That's what we were hoping for to compete with the fact that you're going to be able to buy Cyberpunk in September, and you're also going to be able to cast it to your phone and keep your save file going when you're at work. So, But at the same time, if PlayStation Now or Xbox uh, or xCloud is available, or let's say they're both available on the Switch, because for both of those companies, who cares if I play it on a Switch or if I play it on a phone or if I play it on what, a tablet? It, they don't care because it's their service that I'm paying for. That's all they care about. So the device I'm using at that point doesn't matter. Nintendo's the only one that's kind of left out. I mean, maybe they get a little like a piece of the pie because they're letting them into their network of 54 million units, handheld units. But at the same time, in the end, Sony and Xbox win that that battle. I and and if I could take my light and sit down at lunch and say I'm either going to play Nintendo and play Mario Kart 9 or I'm going to fire up xCloud or PlayStation Now and play Cyberpunk, if it's, let's just say it's available, you know, like the fact I can do any of those, then yeah, I probably would choose the Switch at that point because it does give me, in my opinion, the best, the closest thing to holding like a, like a full-blown controller sitting at my TV, that, that's it. It's not, you know, the phone is still a little, a little wonky in, in my opinion. Now let me ask you this, and I think I know your answer. Let's say hypothetically Sony, Microsoft, either or both of them cut a deal with Nintendo to bring their streaming services to Nintendo. What is not not on sale? What is xCloud per month? Um, do we know that? Because it's beta right now. Because we don't know. So let's 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 assume that maybe xCloud gets bundled in with Game Pass. What is Game Pass per month? Without not counting in your Xbox Live subscription, just if you want a Game Pass. Well, usually you buy into the ultimate package because yeah. that gives you life because because a lot of the multiplayer games need it. So, yeah. I mean, let's just say you're buying the ultimate game pass, which gives you live and all that. So you're paying 15 bucks a month. Okay. 15 bucks a month. Let's say game pass to be part of the Xbox and Microsoft ecosystem fix $15 a month. Let's say to play it on your switch. It's an additional five for the Nintendo access. Yeah. Do you th do you pay that extra $5 to be able to cast it to your Switch so Nintendo gets their gets their end of it? Nintendo still making money or is that the point where you say, "Yeah, no thanks, mm. I'll play it somewhere else." Cuz here's the thing, going back to XCloud cost is that if you have an Xbox, you can actually convert it to be an XCloud server. Yeah. Is how they explained it so far, which would be free. 
So now if you're telling me I could play with an Xbox controller on my phone for free because I have an Xbox One at home and mm -hmm. I've converted it, and I know I have a good internet at home, right? Um, versus pay more to be on Nintendo, I probably go. The, I probably wouldn't pay more. Yeah. But if you came back and said, okay, xCloud does cost and, and it's kind of a wash either way, and then maybe, yeah, maybe I do go play it on the, uh, or maybe I do go pay that extra on the Switch uh, to have it kind of bundled together like we talked about earlier, digital form and ease of use and having one device that could theoretically do all two, two to three things like that and, and switch across those platforms would be nice. Um, you know, the, the I guess the problem then turns into, well, what happens when I want to play on the go with a real controller? You know, and I'm limited to the Nintendo Pro controller, which isn't bad. I like that controller a lot. But it's not my Xbox Elite controller, Elite Series 2, which I could take with me and then have a super nice controller and play on a phone or a tablet. Yeah. So I don't know. That's tough. If I can do the free free version through my own Xbox, and that gives me freedom of phone, tablet, with with whatever controller I pretty much want to use, as long as it's got Bluetooth functionality, I'd probably go that route. Yeah. And then the Switch loses a lot of momentum for me because then, I mean, the Switch, like I've already talked about, the Switch already is, I don't want to say collecting dust, but it's not being utilized the way I was utilizing it, say six, say six months ago. Yeah, and I think we'll talk a little bit about that during my gaming moment of the week because I can share some of your feelings on that right now as well. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see Nintendo not getting their piece of the pie, and I think I think that buck will get passed on to us. So right, because it always does. <laughs> So All right. right about that. All right. Well, that's a lot on this topic. We're going to open it up in the Discord. So if you have any comments, you want to keep talking about what you think is going to happen, um, what your feelings are on Nintendo announcing they're not going to be bringing the Pro Series or any new Switch hardware out this year. Do you think that they're going to stick to their guns? Do you think they see a big drop in sales because of these new Sony Microsoft consoles and that they're going to change course? Or, uh, you know, just share your opinions in the Discord. That's where we hang out every day when we're not doing the show. All right. Topic number two. Microsoft launches an Xbox bug bounty program with rewards of $20,000 or more. This is super cool. I'm I in mean, as really, long as it's not cockroaches. Yeah, I, re <laughs> I really like this. Uh, Microsoft's been doing this a, a long time with their other products, but they've say, now launched their Xbox Bounty program, and um, Nintendo also actually has something like this, and I'll get into it. But um, So Microsoft is launching a new Xbox Bounty program to reward gamers, security researchers, and anyone else who discovers security vulnerabilities in the Xbox Live network and services. Bounty rewards will range from $500 up to $20,000, and Microsoft notes there could even be higher payouts depending on the quality of the report and the vulnerability impact. Uh, the biggest payouts will be handled out will be handed out for critical remote code execution and evaluation of privilege flaws, while security feature bypasses, information disclosure, spoofing, and tampering will all include rewards up to $5,000. As Microsoft is opening up to gamers and anyone who has the skills to find flaws, it's expecting high-quality reports with a detailed write-up or video demonstration and a clear proof of concept. Microsoft isn't looking for people to perform DDoS attacks, uh, social engineering attacks, or going too far on server-side execution issues. So, 
Uh, Microsoft has run this uh, bug bounty program for a number of its products over the years, including payouts of up to $250,000 on Windows 10 security bugs. The new Xbox bounty program comes just as Microsoft prepares to launch the Xbox Series X console and xCloud game streaming service. Both will operate on the Xbox Live network. And like I said, Sony and Nintendo are also accepting security bug reports. Um, Nintendo rewarding up to $20,000. And Sony providing you a t-shirt and a thank you. Ooh. Come on, Sony. (laughs) Right? A t-shirt and a thanks? What is that? I couldn't believe it when I read that. That's so Sony. Sony, come on, man! You got to you got to step up your game there. But this is pretty cool. I mean, it's not even a PlayStation shirt. It's like Sony Walkman. Like, thanks, Sony. Yeah, but I don't know. This is pretty neat. I mean, I we both work in the IT field. We know very well about vulnerabilities and zero day, you know, zero day issues that we come across and have to report to Trend Micro or whoever it be. And then you know, they basically give us a pat on the back, like, yeah, you found a zero day. Good job. We'll take care of it from here. <laughs> you do that for Xbox. Um, here's twenty thousand dollars, buddy. Thanks, thanks. You were right to come tell an adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, exactly. So I, I'm gonna make that note every time I report it at work. Be like, hey, boss. Um, Xbox would have gave me twenty thousand dollars for this, and he'd be like, well, I could fire you. I'm like, okay, fair enough, buddy. See you tomorrow. <laughs> 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 but no, I mean it's a cool program. I think um, we've heard some cool stories of of. Uh, you know, the gamers, just people out there that, that find loopholes, that find issues and report them. And they usually get taken care of pretty well. I think um, one of the ones that that's, that I always remember is I think Google. I think yeah. Google lost like their URL or something. They forgot to like renew their <laughs> their their URL. And so you got a hold of Google.com or something like that. And it, basically, was, I, it was like Google Docs or something. It, was, yeah, it, it wasn't the straight up one. Right. Yeah. And so he gave it back to him and like with no problem. Right. And um, without even really being asked, he's just like, hey, this this expired here. It's yours. And so they return. They're like, okay, cool. Here's, I think, like $10,000. Yeah. And he instantly just donated the 10K. Yeah. And so they found out about that, and they gave him an additional, like, 15. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, so it was pretty cool. But it's stuff like that that uh, is, is neat. I think... Um, it's a smart idea as long as as long as it's controlled well, and I think Microsoft's capable of controlling this well. But it's a smart idea because you have more eyes looking at your software, more eyes looking at your your network, and just and trying to find things that maybe you know your core team just just miss. And they're they're looking at so much, they're dealing with so much information that yeah, it's not bad to take your you know X amount of million of people that are on your platform and say hey, if you have any knowledge in this and you want to spend a few moments or you notice something write a document submit it in worst case scenario we're, we we say thanks best case scenario we, we give you a shit ton of money it's it's not bad to motivate your fans <laughs> right. and your players and the people in your community to say hey if you want to look out for us and look out for all your friends that game there might be a little scratch in it for you yeah. which is cool yeah no absolutely i know for me who play i play on the xbox a lot I uh, and I also work in the alpha set of the um, of the Xbox OU, so I'm always like one ahead. I'm I'm testing. I'm I report just from the fact of I I kind of want to mess around with what's new, what's coming. So for me, I'm like, well, shit. I might I might actually pay a little bit more attention to some of these bugs that I run across and see if they're actually worse than I think they are versus just an annoyance, and then. 
do my you know do my business right up like I would at work submit it with uh, some video documentation and who knows maybe I get a little extra money to buy some video game stuff at the end of the year not bad yeah pretty cool all right our uh, third topic of the show overwatch Overwatch's next patch adds experimental mode and League of Legends-style hero pools. Hmm. It's uh, a little a little cold outside for a hero pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is pretty interesting because that was a bad joke. I'm gonna leave. Yeah, you're you're bad. You're bad. It was almost as bad as your farts earlier, but you're okay. <sighs> it wasn't even near that bad. <laughs> Blizzard's colorful team shooter Overwatch is getting some big changes next month. Uh, the developer provided some details on the game's next patch, bringing Overwatch to version 1.45, and it includes two major shifts. One will add an experimental flavor to the game, while the other concerns which hero characters are playable in ranked mode. So, to start, there will be a new feature called Experimental Card, which will be available right in the main menu. Essentially, it's a way for Overwatch's developers to toy around with ideas that might not actually make it into the main game that could mean anything from balance changes to brand new game modes. Overwatch already has a PTR, or Public Test Realm, which serves as a a sort of beta for upcoming features, but the new experimental card will be different. Uh, The quote from Blizzard says, Unlike the PTR, the experimental card is not for bug testing. Instead, it will be used to experiment with balance updates, game modes, or changes to rules that we are that we are investigating internally. While some of these features will reach live, the content within these game modes is not guaranteed to ever be released. Um, also, the PTR has been limited to Overwatch players on PC only. The experimental card will also be available on console. So that's pretty cool. But the more significant change will be the addition of hero pools for competitive play, a rotating selection of playable characters that will change every week. Uh, Very similar to League of Legends, where free-to-play champion characters are changed weekly, the goal of this system is to allow the meta to change weekly and see more hero diversity in matches. AKA, we can't balance our game well enough for you to actually use different champs, so we're going to force you to use different champs. Heroes. Yeah, heroes, whatever. (laughs) Eat shit. Uh, (laughs) I had to get you out of your League of Legends mindset. The feature won't impact non-competitive modes like quick play. Uh, Let's just say the hero selection will be curated by development staff. There also is a chance the mode won't last long, depending on how things go. We're trying hero pools for season 21. Now, I read this article, and I was like, season 21? <laughs> How the hell are we already 21 seasons into Overwatch? Are there seasons like three weeks long? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 couple, I, I'm not sure. They're short. Uh, anyways, season 21, and depending on how it performs, it may not persist past that season, Blizzard explains. We are, going, we are also going to keep a close eye on the system to see if the hero pool rotation cadence should be changed. Starting in March, the change will even impact the professional Overwatch League with one tank, one support, and two damage heroes being unavailable for selection during matches each weekend. Interesting. Yes. So, the thing about this is that League of Legends, okay, I I don't like this article, how they tied it to League of Legends, because League of Legends gives you free champions every week. It's different. You could own nothing in that game, and you have... I forgot. I think they've expanded it to, what, seven champs now every week? Something like that. Seven to ten champs that you can play every week 
without spending a single dime on the game, and it just rotates. And the idea is like, oh, Lucian's free this week, and then all of a sudden he's not, and then, well, I really liked him, I'm going to buy him now. Yeah. Right? That's how they It's how they encourage... Because it's a free-to-play game. Yeah. It's how they that encourage model people to, to buy stuff. Yeah. Here, they're like, hey, we only have a handful of champs, because the other thing is, like, uh, League of Legends has something like 100 and... God... 140 cha- uh, champions now, maybe more than that. Um, That's a lot. Overwatch doesn't have that. <laughs> I don't know what the count is on Overwatch, but it's nowhere near that. Is and it close to 30 now for Overwatch? I'm not sure. So, but the so the fact that you're limiting people, like I don't know. For me, it's like I like Soldier, right? I'm a sold. I, I like the sold. I like to play Soldier for damage. And if if Soldier's not available, I generally don't play damage. I switch to like support or something like that. You limiting and rotating, I don't know if it's actually going to help change meta or if it's going to just be like people are like, um, nope, my champ's not available this week. I'm just not going to play this week. I guess there's 21 characters available in Overwatch. Oh, even worse. So to me, this is just a, I don't know. I I hate that they're doing it. They're like, oh, well, this will help evolve the meta. So more broadly speaking, the new patch will also usher in a new philosophy for Overwatch, according to Blizzard. It plans to implement more frequent and impactful balance updates with the intention to deliberately change the meta. The developer appears to be taking a page from Fortnite's playbook, aiming to keep the game's fr- keep the game fresh through regular updates. If that's the case, that's good, because that's what changes meta. Forcing people's hands on who they can and cannot play is not changing the meta. You're just forcing people to do things they don't want to do. If you can't balance your game and characters like D.Va or whoever are are just that much better in game and people can win because of it, then then that's that's Blizzard's fault. And they need to figure out how they can balance that where it's like there are, there are better counters to some of these champs. There are better, you know... Uh, there are other options, you know, more just more selection. One re- one thing is, twenty one champs is not a very big pool. Okay, so how are you going to balance that when when what is this game six v six? Yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> it's been so long since I played Overwatch. It's so sad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's six v six. In leagues five v five, I was it's always one more. I thought so. For me, it's like, I mean, there's already twelve on the field. There's already twelve in the arena. Of the twenty-one, so I don't know. Like you need more champs. You need you need like this this more fluid, faster updating and everything. Also needs to include champion growth. You need a lot of champion growth. And I don't know Overwatch two. Maybe maybe we come out Overwatch two. They go boom, uh, forty-two champions. They just double it right out the gate. But then again, they're having a hard time balance. So all, just all of a sudden, the balance all wacky, and now all the new champs are way stronger than the old champs. Who knows? But for me, I think um, I don't like the limitation. If you, you know, and and your game, you buy you buy Overwatch, so the champions are all unlocked for you. They're there, and it's not like League where you have to buy, you know, pay into it or use in-game currency to unlock things. So it's a different business model, and you're trying to kind of shoehorn. You're using Fortnite as a comparison, and and League of Legends as a comparison. Both are free to play. Games as a service, Overwatch is not. I don't know. I don't know if the business models of those free to play fit into your game where you're literally creating limitation. And that to me bothers me because you're putting up walls to force meta change. And I hate that. 
tear I, down these walls. I'd be pretty frustrated if yeah. I if I were someone that was very serious about playing Overwatch, and there was because we're talking ranked here. Yeah, so if you're in ranked, you're you're clearly in sort of a serious mindset, and if the, if you couldn't play the character you want to play for a full week, you just wouldn't play. Yeah, like I'm honestly to the point with with Overwatch where. If if I was like queuing up random online and someone picked Roadhog before me, I'm like, I guess I'm just not gonna play. Like that's the only <laughs> character I like. I like Dodge. Play. It's my main. I play like I would actually do the same thing you did. I'm like, I guess I'll be a healer. Yeah. Like I guess I guess Lucio or Zenyatta. Yeah. Like I guess I'm going healer because I'm not I'm not a good damage dealer. I'm not good at it. I'm good at tanking and healing, but I really only like playing one character. Right. So, yeah, it, it would push it would it would make me less interested in pursuing ranked. But I'm not like a hardcore diverse player. Like, you know, back in the day when we played Overwatch with Spidey, it seemed like he was good with like every character. He was super good with like Tracer, but it seems like he could pick up any of them and play pretty well. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's there's plenty of those people that are in rank. They're like, I'm not worried. I have a very deep like champion pool. Right. And that's the same thing with League. League, you go into to ranked matches and even even normal matches, you have you have ban phases. So people like, oh, you're a soldier. You're a soldier. Seventy six main. That's your best character. I'm going to ban it. Because yeah. I know that, right? So, like, in theory, League has a similar situation where if if there's an overpowered champ, they get banned more often than not because they're not. it's not fair in the game, but it's done by the players. So when I first read this, I go, oh, cool, they're going to have a ban phase. Yeah, so I, if I could ban D.Va every time I do it because exactly. I, hate, I, I hate D.Va. So a ban phase that you give the user, you give the player the power to say, hey, I don't want to see this champ. That to me is cool. The problem, and it still evolves the meta, still forces that meta change, but puts the power in the player's hand. The issue is, is that you only have 21 champs. So even if you give each team three bands, right, and you randomly you randomly select three players on each team, that's six champs out of your pool, yeah. and you're still bringing 12 in. We're now talking 18 champs. There's only a, there's not much left. Yeah, it'd be it'd be tough, especially if. Let's say three tanks got banned, or you know, right. three healers got. Right. It's like, well, what do you do? Yeah. Like at that point, and so. maybe again, you, they they talked about how in, in the uh, professional Overwatch League they're going to remove one of each and then two damage, right? Because I'm assuming there's probably more damage than others mm -hmm. than the, in the other categories. So like, take that idea and don't let the developing staff control it. Let the pros control it, just like League does. Mm -hmm. You know, pros get on the stage, they ban the people because they go, "Oh, oh, you're you're an all star with this champ. Cool, show me what else you got." And sometimes, as a viewer, I go, "Damn it, I really want to watch him because he's awesome with that champ." But then you watch him go play something else, and it's still a lot of fun to watch this pro. Let them let them control each other and and push each other to try to to try to change the meta up, and then take that same idea and put it in in the ranked version for for your at you know your normal gamers where you can only ban three, um, one damage, one support, one tank. Yeah. That way you can't you can't do three tanks and all of a sudden you don't have a you don't have a very good pool selection. Like if you, you know? keep queuing up against someone and you know they're just super cheap. They're just they're posting up Bastion in a corner and right. just mowing you down and it's been three rounds in a row and you're like all right guys we got a band together and band bastion this round 
like that could change the tide. It could make the game in Lowey's more fun, especially if someone's abusing a character. Yeah. And so I think here, and and Ghostwalker makes a good point in this thing. That's how um, Rainbow Six Siege is. Most of the time, it's two attackers that are stupid and one specific defender. So the thing, the thing that I see here for Blizzard is what they always try to do. The the model's already out there that works for this. If you want your meta to to evolve and change and let your and let the player base kind of adapt, it already exists. It's called put the power into the player's hands. So many so many games do this. Dota, legal, I mean, pretty much any MOBA, okay? Rainbow Six Siege, like there's anything that has classes, pretty much has something like this, except for Overwatch, which we've already talked about how Overwatch has been feeling, it feels dated. And let's just throw in Call of Duty as well. Because which is another Activision game. It's another same same little family here as Overwatch, and and so here we go. Overwatch wants to do it differently. They Blizzard's wanted, always trying to reinvent the wheel for no yeah, reason, and they don't have to. Overwatch itself is unique. Overwatch's gameplay is unique. Overwatch is is what needs to be unique. The concept of what works in an esport or a competitive scene has already been defined and works currently in the competitive world that we live in, which is let the players control. And if for some reason something goes sideways, yeah, you're the developer. You can you can make some changes. You can you can adjust it in the end. You could disable a champ when when they're broken or something like that. It happens all the time in league. But but when it comes down to I'm going to go into ranked and then you're going to tell me that I can play with these characters only. That's not that's not how I want to play ranked. That's not how I want to go into a game and be like, all right, let's go get some wins today, guys. We're gonna get ranked up so we can get ready for this tournament that's next week. Knowing that like I'm I'm red hot with this character, and next week is a tournament, and all of a sudden I can't play that character in the tournament because the rotation changes. Yeah, that's not yeah no that's not gonna work. And I think season <laughs> twenty one is gonna be literally oh yeah this is stupid. We're not doing it again. But if you remember, I hope. If you remember, Overwatch League isn't good anyway. <laughs> so, uh, because they're really doing it different. Yeah, because like, they're, they're not I know doing it right. I know viewing the game is tough. Like people are saying they don't like it, but like bottom line is, a lot of the decisions that the that Overwatch League has made is one of the reasons why I have a problem with it is because they, they sat there and they tried to, we're going to put these guys in cities. We're going to make them, you know, you have to be, you can't be called cloud nine, but you're owned by cloud nine and everybody fucking knows it, but you got to be called the London spitfire because you got to be part of London. And then, but don't worry during the season, you're going to live in California because you're going to play all your games at blizzard. Like it's just dumb. I like the decisions they've made, and that's just one example. I just don't like, and and it doesn't like nobody else is doing it that way. You're not necessarily doing great with your league, but yet League of Legends, as an example, like I said last week, is the third most popular sport, not esport, sport for viewership in North America. Football, basketball, League of Legends, then baseball, then hockey, then whatever else you want to think about. Why <laughs> the the business model is right there? It's League of Legends, and I know I'm a League fan. But if I wasn't a League fan and you showed me those analytics, I'd say, do that. Me. They've been doing it for ten seasons. They're making a shit ton of money. They just franchised North America League. 
it just doesn't make any sense to me why you keep trying to reinvent the wheel, as you said, and in ways that you don't have to. Well, again, I think League's stupid, but there's no doubt that Riot is blazing a trail, yeah. doing almost everything right when it comes to establishing a game that people take seriously as a competition. Yeah. So all because I don't like the individual game doesn't mean that you can't take everything they're doing and go, wow, they have a lot of really smart ideas. We could do the same thing at our game and try to have a, an ounce of success. Right, exactly. Doesn't it, it doesn't make sense that people can't look and see that the model is being built by a company that's doing it right, and instead they, they want to try and distance themselves from success and try to blaze their, own blaze their own path when there's no reason to do that. The path is being set. Go with it. Yep. Embrace it. Yep. You're watching you're watching this path that is that is now starting to take over traditional sports that have been around longer than you know than we have with baseball and, and, and hockey and all these things. And you know, you can make fun of those sports all you want, but those are a big they're still a big deal. And so the fact that, that this you're watching this growth, you're watching this success, it's one thing to be I wanna be revolutionary. Right? Like League came in and said, We're gonna go we're going to go eSport. We're going to start something. I mean, you go watch season one, season two. It was like these kids that weren't getting paid that were, you know, living in hotels and like jumping around to these warehouses playing. Like it was like they were paid. Like you said, they it was were a startup. It was a startup. And so it's one thing if that, if those, those companies like Dota, League of Legends, Fortnite, all these companies are out there and they're going in the direction and they're all, and they're all making money. They're all showing crazy growth year over year. And you say, okay, I see that, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way. And th the question has to be asked at that point as to why. Now, if that other road wasn't there with the success path that was just like, hey, there's literally just gold laying on the ground that you can pick up. You can have it. We don't even want it. Just, just grab it. It's yours. And no, we're gonna go down this dirt path and see if we can find our own gold. Like, why? Like, tell me why. If if the answer is because we want to do it different, because we believe that we're better, like. Then prove it because you haven't yet, and and I'm sorry, but when when it's just plain as day, like go over here and collect, you know, success, or go over here and gamble everything and maybe fail. But for why? from a business standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. The, and, and, and what is to gain at this point by doing things? different and in your own way instead of gleaning the good ideas that other companies have done that you can you can follow that success and still make the success your own you can still you've still developed a game you still developed a fan base yeah you're just not making things overly convoluted you're not making things uninteresting yeah and you have to wonder that if this if this is the wrong decision and and Overwatch League, which they're pumping so much money into, millions and millions of dollars, the buy-in to have a team here is insanely expensive. If it doesn't pan out, and I'm talking in the next like two seasons, because you're gonna be in trouble at that point. People aren't going to want to keep their spots anymore. You're going to have to all of a sudden the team team spot's gonna be cheaper. You know, things like that is what you're gonna have to do. You're gonna start making cuts to keep your to keep the league floating. And if that's if that's the case, and you shift gears to go copy something like League of Legends at that point, it's too I think it's too late at that point. Because your viewership, you're gonna switch over here and people are gonna be like, Yeah, well, I don't care, it's too late. I've already moved on. 
just because you go sit and go, oh, okay, we're going to do it like league now. Doesn't mean people are going to come back. So I don't know. To me, it's a it's a bad decision. I don't like it. The Overwatch Two is going to be that. Assuming it's good, assuming it's it's what they what they promise, it's going to be what keeps the momentum rolling for them. Is go okay. Here's Overwatch Two. Here's a ch- you know here's some changes we're making to the league that could help them. That could save them. But right now, the way it sits, the way it stands. Overwatch League is not in a healthy spot, and I don't care what anybody tells me because we know that their viewership has been has been falsified by Blizzard, where they've been replicating viewers uh, within Twitch and stuff like that, and creating this fake viewership to try to make it look like more people are watching Overwatch League than they really are. That already tells me you have there's a problem there that you have to go and do that to try to make you look better because you know you've just literally took forty million dollars to sixty million dollars per team to even have a team, let alone them pay their team, let alone all the cost there is to operate the team and do everything that you are setting up. You've taken a shit ton of money from all these people and you've only been around for two seasons. Am I right? Is it two seasons? So they're going into season three? I think. I think so. Sounds I, about right. Yeah. And so to me, it's like you're already having to fabricate viewership. That's that's troublesome for me. If I was somebody that owned a team right now and had an investment into this league, I'd be asking questions. For sure. <sighs> All right. Well, I think uh, that's going to wrap it up for the news. If you want to talk about any of these topics, um, you can always hit up the Discord and talk with us around the week. Uh, obviously the conversation we have in the discord that influences the show. If we have some really good points and some really good discussions in the discord, we'll, we'll end up using that. We'll end up picking a news topic to, to discuss further or on Patreon or something like that in a more in-depth um, discussion because of what happens in discord. So join it and come hang out with us. I do have one quick little uh, story. So before we go kick it in Zilla update, all right, weave me a tail. Yeah, it's not a story, I guess. It's just, it's like, I like when I find these things, right? We talked about the uh, arcade stick that got made for uh, the younger girl so that she could play Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah, using the Microsoft Adaptive Controller? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that. That was super cool. So there's a new device that just came out that also uses the Xbox Adaptive Controller. And it's it's an Xbox adapter that lets people turn their power wheelchairs into game controllers. What? Yeah. Um, not as cool as maybe you think it is, but it's still really cool. It allows them to use the joysticks on their on their wheelchairs as the joystick for their games. That's what I assume. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so um, many of these, you know, people that are that are in these chairs are so used to those controls, right? They use them every day, so they're they're very familiar with that joystick. So it works well for them to be able to game with it as well. Um, but basically. Um, the Xbox Adaptive Controller already expands the usability for Xbox for gamers with disabilities, and today a third-party add-on takes that controller to the next level, allowing gamers to turn their power wheelchairs into gaming controllers. Called the Freedom Wing Adapter, the box connects the Xbox Adaptive Controller to a wheelchair through its 9-pin port. That means a joystick that controls a wheelchair every day can be turned into a controller, which is very useful for people who have already used the joysticks and the buttons. Uh, a charity organization, Able Gamers, created the device alongside with AT Makers, a group of tech makers and enthusiasts who focus on assistive technology. 
The Freedom Wing adapter is being given out through Able Gamers, and people can apply for a grant for one on Able Gamers' website. This is where it gets really cool, though. Okay. AT Makers found a company to make the printed circuit boards, which it says will sell for around $7. Nice. Meaning gamers can build it on their own for a combined total of $35. Real nice. With all of that other required materials, once the instructions... um, to build the device are eventually published for free. I like that. You can get a general idea of how to make one by watching a video on YouTube and uh, you just type in the Freedom War adapter, uh, search for that and you can find the video. And um, yeah, the the nine pin connector that's needed to connect to the wheelchair device is a standard wheelchair um, jack. So they believe that this will work for many wheelchair uh, uh, models, so yeah. I just think it's super cool. Anytime I see this, you know, we we do a lot of work with the Children's Hospital. We've I got to I got to learn about a lot of this at Microsoft when we went to PAX West last year. And so for me, every time I get to see this industry expand and come up and, and use their innovative just creativity and come up with these really cool ideas and how to um, break down these barriers for people to be able to play games and just enjoy enjoy this interactive um, media. It's it's super cool. So, yeah, video games are for everybody, and it's cool to see that these uh, walls are being knocked down and making them more accessible for players that uh, otherwise may not be able to enjoy them. So, I'm yeah. all about it. Yep, absolutely. So, just a little side note, super cool. But um, we can we can move on now to our Zilla update. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Zilla update. This is where we usually focus on our, you know, our moment of the week, like gaming moment of the week, or maybe just something cool that happened around gaming that we were involved with. So I'm going to let that I go ahead and uh, start it up this week. What do you got for me? So well, first off, um, I guess I'm not, I, I feel the need to have a the need for speed. Oh, need, yeah, man. Top Gun's no good. That movie sucks. <laughs> I was just, I thought Need for Speed, the video game, but. That's how bad Top Gun is. <laughs> I, I, tie that, I tie that to the video game, even though it has no connection at all. Well done. Well done. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's. I'm currently now in a, a weird place with gaming. So, I finished Jedi Fallen Order Tuesday or Wednesday. It was Wednesday. So, a couple days after we record our last show, because you finished it mm-hmm. um, the weekend prior to our last recording, and I was right there, got through it. Man, love the ending of the game. Like, thinking back, like, I, I, because PlayStation doesn't, like, give you a clear, like, printout of your time. I don't know. What did I play the game? Maybe 15 or more hours. Like, I put some time in. I really liked that game. It was a ton of fun, and I've never really got into, like, a Souls or a Souls light, and just the style of combat was different than anything else I'd ever played. It's a Star Wars game. I love the story. I love the lore it expanded. It's canon. I was just, I was so happy with that game. It, it really was uh, one of my favorite games I've played in a long time. Because, I mean, I actually finished it, which right, <laughs> which is right. rare. I got done with that, and now now here I am going, What now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing out that I want to buy. There's, like, nothing. I, I walk through the game section in the store, and I look at stuff and go, I don't really feel like buying any of that. So now I'm like, okay, backlog. What am I going to play in my backlog? So as soon as I was done with Star Wars, I threw Last of Us back in. Because I'm like, well, Last of Us 2 is on the horizon. Let me play this a little bit. And I played that for, like, uh, 45 minutes or so, and then I was done. But 
for the rest of the week, I didn't feel drawn back in to go and play that at all. Did some breeding in Pokemon this week, but when it came to, like, starting Luigi's Mansion, you know, more than the 15 minutes I've played of it, didn't feel motivated to do that. I, I look at, like, some of the other other games I have, even thinking about, like, oh, I could do a run of uh, Super Metroid. I guess I don't feel like doing that right now. I'm just, like, in a lull, right? I have no idea what is the next game that's going to grab me and pull me in. I still have to go back and finish Spider-Man, but I want to I want to get away from an, uh, an action game because I just finished Star Wars. Right. Going straight to Spider-Man, it's still too similar of a game. Yeah. I want, like, a shooter or a horror game. Like, I want something different. I want something on Switch, something on PlayStation. I don't know what I want to do right now, and I'm in a weird lull where I have to find something that's going to get me excited. So I got a question for you. Yeah. I, too, have kind of felt this this same feeling after beating Star Wars, and part of me has started to think about this more in the sense that you have never played a Souls game. I have never completed a Souls game. I've played them. But I've never finished Bloodborne, and I've never yeah. gotten Dark Souls. I played like two hours of Bloodborne, didn't like it. There's something about Star Wars though that, like, it was hard. It wasn't. It wasn't the easiest game, and and it was. There were frustrating moments. You had a frustrating moment at one boss, and my frustrating moment was at a different boss. And you know, it never got to the point where I wanted to quit. It got to the point where I put the controller down. I was like, okay, you know what? I need a break because I'm because I'm not. It's just not clicking for me. Yeah. And so, but then you then the like gratification of beating it the gratification of getting past that point it that's that's where you realize why so why people love souls games so much is that once you did pass that boss and you progressed to the next world and you got to explore more more amazing world building of that game like you just absorbed it and ate it up to the point where it drove you to beat the game and so i kind of sat back i go man is it because I was that was such a high for me? That was such a cool moment and such a one that like I keep thinking about that like when I go to pick my next game, I'm kind of like on this pedestal now, and I'm like, oh maybe I'll do that. Nah, no, you know what? No, nah, probably not. I'm gonna pick up Dragon Ball Kakarot or Kakarot or whatever the hell it's called, and I'm like, man, no. <laughs> Mickey just eye rolled because you could you didn't you mispronounced Kakarot. Yeah, Kakarot. Yeah, he said it right. Kak. The not a rot. I, I actually had a case of that. Just a little ointment cleared it up. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, when you when you think of that, and and there are games coming up, right? Like like we've talked about, uh, our muster bust for next month is is, is going to be our first real muster bust, right? Like, we're, we're very excited for March. But for me, it's like, I think the game actually partially has affected me. Mm-hmm. It, you're right. There's nothing new out that's like, oh, damn. Like, Ori was supposed to come out in February. It's not, though. It's coming out in March. So, like, if Ori was coming out this month, yeah, I'd be hyped as hell. So, part of it is, yes, there's nothing new. And then when you go look at your back library, just like you, I go, I can get back into Borderlands 3. Eh, I can get back into this game. Eh. And then I end up grabbing something like a Forza or or a, you know, a Battle Royale game or something or League of Legends, which really has no story. It has no... Like Forza has uh, leveling and it has you know it has some of that, but for me it's just more of like a relaxing, fun game that I can pick up, put down, like yeah. Rocket League. Because I don't want to invest into another game because I right now feel like there isn't another game that can give me what Star Wars gave me yeah. until I get Ori or until I get you know or we, or you get Doom Eternal or something like that hits, then I will ready to invest myself into that next story driven 
you know, game. That's that's my opinion. I feel like I, Star Wars I, I actually affected me. I think that's pretty accurate. I'm just there's. I really thought like, okay, now I'm gonna finally get through some more Last of Us, and yeah, I played 45 minutes, and then the rest of the week I wasn't like motivated to get back to it. And but you think about um, Star Wars, and you go, when I was stuck at uh, Dathomir, yeah, this isn't a spoiler, stuck at Dathomir. All you and then you when you finish that, and you go and you're like. I can't. I got. It. I want more. I want more. And then I beat it. And I'm like, dude, I can't talk to you about this. But holy shit! And then you know, like it, it, it the game drove you. And, yeah. and even though I stepped away from the game for like a full month, once I t- once I got back to it and played a little bit, I was hooked again. Because I, I I I completed the game over the course of about thirty days. Yeah. And from the moment I started to the moment I finished the game. Any time I was at home, and my PlayStation is hooked up to my main TV. It's the TV where my wife and I hang out and, and watch movies and, and stuff. And so my PlayStation time is sort of limited around, uh, you know, when her and I aren't using it together. Either she's not home or she's cooking dinner or, you know, like, I just, I don't always occupy that TV with hours and hours of PlayStation time. I was so driven to continue to play Star Wars that any time i had 15 to 20 minutes of like i'm like oh well i can play star wars right now i was just so driven to keep going back keep booting up the playstation and playing it and i'm not sure the last time i was motivated to play a game beginning to end like that i was really close with spider-man with borderlands coming out and derailing me with spider-man um otherwise i would have probably played through the main campaign of spider-man the same way but yeah i I guess i'm almost it's almost like a weird like gaming depression i'm in like i'm in a low right now and i just need something something to grab onto which this time of year can usually fall this can fall right around now is that you come out of the holiday we are normally getting some sort of hype and you know new hardware new software and then you get into that january february where it's kind of like eh. then you get into the spring summer which also isn't the most popular time usually for drop this year's a little bit different, but um, you know those, those warmer wet, warmer weather months here for for us, we usually find it where we are getting outside more. We're not playing as much video games, and so yeah, I think um, it is a weird time right now where you're like you're in that that lull where it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, I was I was pushing to do some. I I, I was pushed to do something very dark. <laughs> oh God, I updated destiny 2 just in case you did that's right i did i (laughs) i I installed like three hours with the destiny 2 updates and i'm like i don't know like they made some changes maybe i want to see what's going on in destiny 2 and i was like what what is is happening to me i did the same thing though yeah i actually played a little bit of destiny 2 and i was like well i'm enjoying the story stuff but uh pvp i'm like nope no I went and played Crucible, and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I can't do this. It's just people sliding around with shotguns and doing all sorts of weird invisible techniques, and I'm like, nope. This 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 version of Destiny has passed me. I will. Not, I'm not interested. <laughs> I I did fire back up Mortal Kombat 11 you over did. the weekend. That's right. And uh, that felt really good. But I fell right into. I realized why I fell off with Mortal Kombat. I really like playing noob, 
and I don't want to learn any other characters. There you go. There's, I love the characters of Mortal Kombat. I just really like my main. Yeah. And I, you know, with Mortal Kombat X, I was, I like to jump between a few characters. I really don't in this one. And I was, uh, the combat packs on sale because I really like what they did with Joker. I was pretty close to buying the combat pack, hoping that would pull me back mm-hmm. into the game. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, my gaming moment of the week is quick, and then we can jump on over to Miggy. But uh, I just uh, wanted to spend some time on saying thank you to the Mixer community because I've had uh, an amazing, fun weekend of streaming that just was was wild. I mean, this thing—you know—I'm not going to get into specifics, but things happened that were just insane. If you if you really want to know, then you can watch the the vods. But um, it was just, it was crazy. The, the the outpour of support and just the the people hanging out, no matter if it's League of Legends, Forza, Fortnite, it, everybody's just been so awesome and it just continues to grow. So I always want to make sure I can say thank you, um, you know, often when it comes to that. But uh, Switch does get a little bit of focus today with uh, Time Spinner. Oh, yeah. And, uh, which is a game that my wife bought me for Christmas, uh, limited run uh, released a physical copy of a game called Time Spinner. It's a Metroidvania game, which is what made her think of me when she bought it. Um, and I hadn't been, like I said, I hadn't been playing my Switch like at all. And one day I just didn't feel like going and playing xCloud. So we came down to lunch. I, I had grabbed that copy of the game, brought it to work with me and fired it up. And um, I'm like hooked. So the game's fun. It's, you know, it's like a 16-bit style looking game. And uh, 2D Metroidvania with uh, where you're this this character that travels through time, but you kind of get like kicked a thousand years into the past, um, and then your oh. time machine breaks. But what you're trying to do, what you're trying to do, still kind of can happen at that point where this like this evil entity still exists in that time period, and you're also still you're trying to collect the time machine pieces so that you can then repair it and and travel back to like your family and friends it's a fun premise but yeah and so the bosses are really difficult because i'm not i'm not you know this isn't uh, my hundredth time playing metroid or super metroid so i don't know the patterns and all that type of stuff and it's been fun to learn the the mechanics are weird because she basically you play this female character that has like two orbs that float around her and you can upgrade them and find different types of orbs but what you do is you basically almost like force push the orbs out and then they come back and there's two of them so you can kind of like combo chain them and you can even equip one that's like hey this orb um, unleashes a sword where this one's more of like an electrical orb charge mm. so you can kind of swap them in and out and try to find different combos that you like um, different damages the orbs themselves level up on top of your character leveling up and yeah it's a lot of fun it reminds me a lot of like it definitely has Metroid feel to it, but it, it some of the leveling and some of the structure remind me more of Castlevania. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good blend, and it's been a lot of fun so far. That's my gaming moment of the week. What do you got, Miggy? So, uh, nothing big. Uh, I put a lot of time into Sims 4 this weekend. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I was waiting for the insult. That's why I took that pause. 
It's like whatever I do, I get it. I, get, I, I, I can't please you guys. So, so, so I'm just going to. Uh, That's because every weekend we're sitting there on stream, yeah, shouting Miggy's name like, Miggy, where are you? Come join us. Be friends with us. And I'll, you're like, fuck you. I'll be right back. I have to build this wall in Minecraft real quick. Yeah, yeah. And then you never come back. <laughs> hey, hey, I gotta build that wall to keep the Raiders out. I'm like that little kid at mm-hmm. soccer practice. It's like mom said she'd be here. Four hours later, it's raining and I'm still. They're like, my mom's gonna come get me. Don't you worry, guys. <laughs> but no, um, Mickey's my mom. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you, you gotta see the resemblance. <laughs> but um, no, I put a lot of time with uh, Sims Four. Uh, I don't know what got me wanting to get back. You know what? What got me getting is back it Sims into 4 it? Pocket Pool. What are you? What is it? <laughs> Pocket Pals. Po- oh. Uh- <laughs> What's the new expansion called? Pool. Whoa. What's the new? Whoa. What? That that has to be rated like. <laughs> so E for everyone. What's right? the new expansion called? The new expansion is called. Uh, I think a small living or tiny living. Oh, tiny living, not pocket. <laughs> pocket pool. <laughs> he went with pocket pool over. Oh my god. So um, so basically um, you can build like small houses, small living quarters on like larger lots. So you can just make like a bunch of little houses and have like all of your people live in individual houses. And then they give you like- So they're townhouses now. Basically. And they give you like hideaway <laughs> items. Dorms. <laughs> funny you should say dorms. I'll get to that next. But um, <laughs> but um, the funny thing is you can like, they give you like new items, like for instance, a bed that you can like um, pull down out of the wall when you want to use it. When you're not using it, you can put it back in the wall to hideaway. Um, but yeah, I have yet to actually build those out. Um, but I also bought the uni- the university expansion. Um, it was like on sale for like fifty percent off, so it was only like twenty bucks, and then ten bucks for the tiny living. So I just put a lot of time into that, trying to actually like play the game and progress my characters through. Because it seems like every time I get on there, I'll play for a minute, and then next thing I know, I'm like creating new characters for like an hour, hour and a half. Because once you make the characters. I've got expansions. I mean, I've got uh, Dia, um, mods on there too. So you can like change their skin type, change their hair type. That's like what's not in the game, add on new clothes and whatnot. Like I spend so much time like creating the character, what the, you know, what their features what I want to look like. And then uh, like it takes more time putting together clothes for different occasions. So if I do like one character, drop them in the world, or I might want to do an entire family. Um, I thought about starting like post them like on Instagram or whatever, just, you know, made this character. Here's a backstory here, but I, I enjoy character creation games. That's why I love games like, um, like uh, what was a black desert online because of the character uh, creation tool, um, just any of like the, the action RPGs that let you create a character. I just kind of like just getting in there, creating a character, seeing how I can mold it. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm about almost 700 hours into that game and I've started playing it the middle of last year. So I have a problem. That that figure makes me feel uncomfortable, but that's that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I'm glad you're getting the most out of your sim simulated life. Yeah, bought it for five bucks on a PC, a price you you can probably approve of. Yeah, man. If you if you got seven hundred dollars out of a five dollar game, I mean, what's the cost of expansions? But I mean, there's a lot of value in that, and I can respect that. Yeah, yeah. Falls under the the deadite uh, pillars of <laughs> of frugality. Like, okay. It has to at least be. I, I do five dollars an hour because it, it costs like ten dollars to go to a two-hour movie. Right. So as long as you get m- more than an hour's worth of value out of your five dollars, 
then you're you're trending in the right direction. Nice. An economic so seven hundred times over have you gotten your value <laughs> out of The Sims? And I'm probably gonna go and play some more tonight when I get done editing the show. So yeah, not if I have anything to do about it. God, I'm gonna keep oh, you here editing all night. Oh boy, I've already slashed your tires. So <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And by slash your tires, that that's all that's left of your car. The rest of it, we just you know, dump gasoline on lean on fire. Well, you don't know what I did. You don't want to know what I did to your cars. That's actually what I already did to my car, so I don't have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. I don't have a car anymore. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, that's our gaming moment of the week. We always like to hear what you guys are up to, and when you do it, guess where? In the Discord. I feel like a broken record right now, but join the Discord. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. It's free. It's fun. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on it, Miggy. I got you. We got one surprise announcement for you, though. Okay, this is a big one. Huge. We're gonna start. Are we starting with the uh, the non butter boy? Is that? I, the, mean, I was just gonna work in the order you sent it to me. So what's going on? Okay, here? that's the order. That's the order. Okay. 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 Yep. Mm, Ghostwalker coming through oh, once again. Our favorite with, Forza uh, creator with some custom Forza artwork. We're gonna start with the Deadite Mobile. I think he felt bad making the butter boy machine. And he wanted to make sure that he played, paid tribute I mean, to you. It's all right. The butter machine is a respectable. It's the butter boy yeah. machine. Yeah. Oh, okay. sure has to drift like. Sure has to drift like a dream, like hot, like butter on a hot skillet. Yeah. I mean, you can't really get any acceleration, but that bad boy slides. Real quick, before we get too deep into this, as a reminder to anyone listening to us on audio, if you want to see this, you need to start watching us live on Mixer on Monday nights. But also clips available on YouTube. So make sure you're searching Gamezilla Media on YouTube and subscribing to our channel. All right, man, that's a cool looking ride. Yeah, all right. So we got the Deadite Mobile that's going down right Ooh, now. What, what car is that? Do we know? Um, it's my style. I like I like old yeah. school muscle cars. Ghost is gonna have to let us know because I already forgot. But it is a classic muscle car style, yeah. red and black, you know, uh, style yeah. going on here. It's got Deadite Knight on the side. That's me. You got the black and red rims, and then of Clean. course we got the Sith symbols going on Clean. because he asked that question last week and was oh, like, "Oh man, hey. look at that hood." Yep, yep. It's a '70 Dodge Challenger. Nice. Yeah, that hood for the Deadite there. Look at that. Ooh. That's clean money. That's very cool. And then we rotate into the Mickey Mobile. Oh, the Mickey is a bad boy. This is a Lotus, I believe, right, Mickey? I, um, I'm okay. pretty sure this is a, a Lotus. I'm not sure what model, but check out the back. He's got the double Gamezilla silhouette with the Gamezilla media in the back. Nice. Yep, yep. Got the got the Gamezilla media on the side. You got the red window tint for the Gamezilla media. It's a slick looking, slick looking vehicle. It is a Lotus Elise GT1. I was right with the manufacturer, so there you go. We're gonna finish it up with Owl Zero's ride. Oh man, our man Owl. Another classic muscle car rocking the Owl right on the hood. It says Owl Zero. We got the Ghost Customs logo. Got the Owl, you know, turquoise on that white on the back stripe, looking looking sharp. And this thing, first of all, I'm also gonna make a I'm also gonna make a, a real um a, a, a big announcement here. I'm gonna give Ghost some credit here. The the images, he's really stepped his game up where he's using the drone and whatever, and he's taking some awesome shots of these cars now. So we're getting them like in action, just just aw really nice. So you got the Owl Zero Mobile, we got the Deadite Mobile, yeah. and of course the player one Miggy just hotness. 
Hotness. Have you picked that up yet? No, I got to get to level 20. Was that the first time you've seen it? The the first time I've seen it in its full glory. He, okay. he sent me a little teaser. teaser. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, good, good, good. All right. So now like, now tell me, are you going to go home and play Sims, or are you going to go home and level up so you can get your car? Forza. Forza. <laughs> Forza. Forza. So G-dubs. <laughs> Got a new fondness for you. <laughs> I love you, my guy. I yes. love your work. Yes, yes. I might put in some time with The Sims tonight. That's a, no, <laughs> Miggy. It's okay. It's okay. Because what I've been doing during lunch at work, <laughs> what I've been doing at lunch, what I have been doing. Stop it. <laughs> okay, you can go right now. <laughs> what I'm I've like been doing I at. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done for real this time. No, he's taking the headphones headphones are off. I pushed too far with the fart sounds. What I'm doing, what was he saying? Come on, Miggy. No, my hands are off. My hands are off. It's safe. It's safe. It's never safe. I will not play any farting sound effects. What I have been doing at work is I've been playing Forza on xCloud. Good. Nice. So you gotta be close to twenty then. Even though I might not might not be playing it tonight, I will be playing it. So hopefully, I don't even know what level I'm at, but hopefully, I shall be there before the end of the week. Real nice. Gotcha. Well, as always, Ghost Walker, <laughs> thank you so much for the artwork for all these different members. If you are a Forza fan, if you're into the racing scene and you want some custom builds, I'm telling you. Look up Ghostwalker2552 on Xbox. He does some amazing work. Super cool guy. Uh, he's also been the one that's been helping me, coaching me, trying to uh, learn drifting and the different, you know, the other new features that I uh, unlocked with the DLC. So, um, yeah, if you're just if you're looking for some a good person to hang out with and learn the game and also maybe get a really cool looking ride. He's the one. Uh, and oh, yeah, you're right, Ghost. He's also on Mixer now. So even if you aren't playing or you're thinking about getting into it or you want to see more of the game, make sure you follow Ghost Walker on Mixer. Ghost Walker 2552. Give him a follow. Let him know Gamezilla sent you. Maybe I'm not going to lie. When my hands were up and I wasn't touching the soundboard to make the fart sounds, I was this close to just going, <laughs> I hate you guys. Why are you making me? I, I didn't even make the sound. You encouraged him. No, it's true. Not it's true. true. You're always encouraging. I mean, me. I just just be being here probably encourages him. You fuel my bad behavior. <sighs> okay. Well, anyways, thank you for hanging out on episode 298 of the Gamezilla podcast. Make sure to check out GamezillaMedia.com for all of our shows. We have five podcasts every week. I think we can go ahead and get into them. What do we got? Legend of Retro, all things retro gaming. Last Action Podcast, covering your action movies. Noiseland Arcade, all about the Simpsons. We have Noobs and Dragons, our tabletop adventure storytelling podcast. And, of course, us, the GameZilla Podcast. Yeah! Karate. That's right. So... <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for hanging out. We uh, we had a really good time. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, buddy boy. Game on. Get me out of here.